Welcome to 5 Minutes of Courage with Maggie Arndt. This podcast focuses on God's Word, the Bible, and how much God loves you. Our goal is to show you throughout Scripture how loved and valued you are by the God of the universe. 5 Minutes is all you need to be filled with hope, joy, purpose, and yes, courage. Now here's your host, Maggie Arndt. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to 5 Minutes of Courage with me, Maggie. If you did not see yesterday's episode where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father is through me, go back and watch it because this is going to just piggyback really beautifully. And I want to make sure that you got to see that message or listen to that message first because Jesus dropped a pretty big truth bomb right on to his disciples. He explained why he was the only way to God, because he was and is the perfect representation of God. To know Jesus is to know God. And yet Philip, in verse 8, who's walked with him and talked with him and lived with him for three years, says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Well, in verse 9, what does Jesus say to him? Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am. And he probably wasn't as flippant with Philip as I was just now. He was probably a little nicer because he's Jesus. And I would be a little exasperated with Philip. But what this means is that Philip had been close to Jesus and still didn't understand him. And I would be willing to bet that the same is possible and true for many today. As much as we think we know Jesus, maybe we don't know Jesus as well as we think we do. And and really no other material image or even likeness could adequately depict God more than Jesus. I can't imagine any other creature saying these words. And they, I would say, evidently imply that Christ is declaring, him, declaring himself to him, excuse me, Christ is declaring to his disciples to be the everlasting God. He's saying, believe me, if you know me, you know the Father, and if you know the Father, because you know me. And then he says, "Uh, I tell you the truth, I'm in verse 12, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. Now, depending on your translation, greater works could be greater things. And what Jesus is really saying is even though I did some really amazing, miraculous things, once I go, I'm going to leave a gift with you that is so profound and so amazing that you can do more sensational things than I even achieved here while I was here in my three-year ministry. And if you think that he was wrong, and that that promise seems impossible, I will tell you that after Peter's first sermon, so after the Lord had ascended back into heaven, after Peter's first sermon, there were more converted in that one sermon than were recorded during Jesus's entire ministry, which is pretty amazing. And it doesn't mean that Peter was greater than Jesus. It just means that Jesus was leaving behind something that was so profound and so enormous that even greater works could be accomplished. Well, in verse 13, he says, this is Jesus still talking, you can ask for anything in my name 
and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Does that sound like a dangerous promise? Is that Jesus promising to be a cosmic vending machine? Absolutely not. It's not any kind of magic incantation. It's not um, some kind of endorsement that if you ask to win, win the lottery, that you will. The test of the prayer is, can I make it in the name of Jesus? Can my prayer be genuinely and humbly spoken in the name of Jesus? So for example, you can't pray for personal revenge or for ambition that is out of bounds like the lottery or some unworthy or unchristian object and pray for it in the name of Jesus to, to ask in his name, in Jesus name, or do anything in his name argues a unity of mind with Jesus and a unity of aim or of motive. So if you're familiar with the Christian format of prayer, I would, I would argue that most denominations somehow wrap up the prayer in the name of Jesus before they say amen. And so that that's really what Jesus is saying here. And if you're familiar with Matthew, I believe it's chapter 17, where Jesus says, if you have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. The thing is, do we actually believe that we can do that? Do we believe that that we can do these greater things in Jesus' name and that they will actually happen. I maybe believe it in in my head, but I don't know that I believe it in my heart. I don't know that I actually think I can move a mountain. Therefore, I never actually have. And then in verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, obey, or in some translations, keep my commandments. And then what's going to happen if we do? I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. This is the gift that I've been alluding to since last week. But we need to keep Jesus' commandments in love. Keeping the commandments doesn't speak to our own personal morality, right? It's the emphasis is on love for others and faith in Jesus as demonstrations of obedience to his commandment. It's it's actually keeping the commandments is a measure of our love for Jesus. Disobedience is not only the failure of performance or a failure of strengths. In a sense, it's also a failure of love because those who love God must obey him joyfully and naturally. So we we can't say, you know, I really love Jesus, but I don't really want to do what he's asking. Right? And yet, Jesus also doesn't say, you know what, if you love me, you need to join a convent and shave your head and wear ugly clothes and give up every single part of yourself. There's nothing in this that says this. What he's saying is, do you remember when I washed the feet? Serve others. Remember when I said, love God and love other people? Love others because I have first loved you. And when you do that, 
I'm going to leave you another helper in the form of the Holy Spirit. So come right back here tomorrow. We're going to put a pin in this just for a second. And tomorrow we are going to unwrap the gift of the Holy Spirit. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage. Then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5minutesofcourage.com. That's the number five, and you can connect with me there.